0: I'm just business from the waist up, just so you know. Seriously, someone out there who's using a jackhammer. All right, see if we can flow right into it. and welcome back to episode 90 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. And it's just Kevin today, no Stephen. but I have a special guest with me and my special guest is Jason Pereira. He is a Toronto-based financial planner at Woodgate Financial. In addition to his work at Woodgate, he writes for various publications on his industry blog at jasonperera.ca. In 2018, he decided to launch a podcast that merges passion for finance and technology by launching the FinTech Impact Podcast. In that time, he has published over 130 episodes and become one of the world's top FinTech podcasts. And just this year, he launched his second podcast, Financial Planning for Canadian Business Owners. Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Good to be here.
0: So, I just gave our audience here a little bit of an overview of you and who you are. Um, help me fill in the gaps. Give me, give us uh, kind of sure. your uh, your skinny. Yeah. So, I'm a Toronto-based financial planner. and I've been in the industry for over 20 years,
1: and in that time, I've also done a bunch of other media, so public speaking, television, and and writing. A lot of writing in the past, and various advocacy as well. And basically, during that time, I've always been a avid podcast listener since podcasts were a thing, and. I've always kind of felt the desire to do one. And what happened was, I'm just kind of the person who just doesn't do something that everybody else has done. I I wanted to provide a unique viewpoint. So what happened was when the Toronto FinTech scene started to pick up, Toronto being one of the bigger hubs in North America for FinTech, I, I basically started reaching out to all these companies directly and saying, hey, uh, I love what it is you're doing. Would you consider doing like an advisor version of this as opposed to direct to consumer? Like, do you have any plans for that? And the founders would always email me saying back, like, how would you find me? And my response would be like, well, first name at URL.com. You know, all you tech guys are predictable. I have a little <laughs> tip for you, that's how I find these guys. Um, and then, but, but then, you know, in the dialogue, they would be like, wait a sec, you're, you're an advisor, you're under the age of 50, you won't know how to use a computer, you're, you know, you're, you're talking me about you know, different players in the market across the world like who are you we me for coffee and the next thing you know i developed this network of just fintech founders that became friends and started bouncing ideas off me and and it was it was a great collaboration and but meanwhile i would i would talk to advisors about a lot of these startups and they would be almost venomously upset about some of them, right? Because they saw most of them as direct-to-consumer threats to their business. And meanwhile, the fintechs were like, we'd love to work with advisors, but we can't get the time of day. <laughs> the time. So what I realized was there was a real disconnect between the two groups. So I started listening to a bunch of fintech podcasts, thinking maybe this is, a, this is a venue for me to do something special. And what happened was I found that most of them were Fortune 500 level implementation podcasts. Nothing really talking about what's happening at the advisor level and what was happening at the client level and how that was changing the relationship. So that's where the FinTech Impact podcast came from. And like I said, over 130 episodes, uh, basically predominantly interviewing FinTech founders, other people of interest, VCs, consultants, uh, people in that space all together. And it's been enormously rewarding. Uh, and I think the second podcast came out of actually me listening to one of Kitrus's podcasts about how someone built their business using podcasts specifically targeting, I think it was business owners in a certain segment. And I realized, wait a sec, there's no one doing a podcast on financial planning for business owners in Canada. So I decided to take that exact name and uh, <laughs> I launched one that was going to hopefully build uh, business in my core business. I
0: love that's that you sorry. took the exact name. I think in terms of searchability, like, I mean, financial planning for Canadian business owners. I mean, that's like, that's pretty darn yeah. specific, right? But there but is think, no SEO I mean,
1: required with that name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, I, I like that, um, I like that you got specific with it. And I think this is one of the beautiful things about podcasting is the ability to really like to niche down. And and, yes. and when you're when you're talking to an advisor, is that typically what you recommend? I mean, do they should they go broad? I mean, should they try and be specific? Like you said, financial planning for Canadian business owners. Um, what are your thoughts around that? Like going, mean, what, what do you tell an advisor who says, yeah. okay, well, I think I want to do a podcast.
1: Sure, so basically I have a conversation about expectations and level setting what does they want to try to accomplish. And let's let's just look at the bigger picture. There's over a million podcasts out there, uh, 30 million podcast episodes avail- uh, available, a million active podcasts in over hundred languages. And now you have the likes of Malcolm Gladwell, Michael Lewis and Oprah Winfrey doing weekly podcasts, right? Yeah. So you're up against yeah. Big guns for attention, right? Like never mind the guys who who basically became podcast legends like Joe Rogan or, or Tim Ferris in their own rights, who had who had followings before, but you just amplified their followings there, right? Like you're you're probably not gonna do that. Like that's let's be honest, you're not gonna do that. So what is it you're going to accomplish? And what is this for? Is it to provide a unique viewpoint like I did with, with FinTech Impact because you have some insight? Is it to try to build your underlying business? Which I've given that advice to friends of mine. I have a friend, I'll give a shout out to him here, but um, he started the podcast as I pushed him. Was it's called uh, it's called the Impact Investing Podcast from Kind Wealth because he is a known advocate for impact investing in Canada, and no one was doing that kind of podcast before. Very uh, cool. And then the exactly, and then and then there's the do you just want to at least communicate with your existing client base in a different different model, right? And you know, I'd say understanding what it is you're gonna you're trying to accomplish. And making sure you tailor it around that, I'd say that yeah, the more you're specific about, it, the more you, you you niche down, it's it's more valuable because you're gonna have to find that initial audience that basically is interested in listening. And there is a lot of broad based conversation out there. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat some of the better known financial advocates out there anytime right. soon. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, that's a really good good perspective. I mean, you think about our podcast, the specific marketing financial advisors. That's pretty much what it is. So, I I like I like the idea of of niching down as much as you can because you're not going to compete with Joe Rogan. I mean, like that's just it's an it's not it's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah. What about the like so one of the questions that we get a lot of times being a company that that you know, provides marketing service for financial advisors. Like we have a video program, right? We have a social media program, yeah. and we have all these things. One of the questions that we get is what's the ROI of that? Like, what, what? If I invest in your video program, what's my ROI going to be? And I feel like it's such a difficult, difficult question to answer. And I feel like it's actually kind of unfair. And I, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that. Sometimes I know that as a company, Oxley, we put a lot of energy and we spend a lot of money on video content. But if you came back <laughs> and said, "Well, what's the ROI on that?" Like, I couldn't give you a specific number.
1: Well, I mean, there's tangible and inchan- tangible ROI, right? So, what is the what is the ROI on building a deeper client relationship? Right, like you're not gonna, you don't have the counterfactual of what would happen if my clients weren't receiving this podcast. Right, if your podcast is building a deeper client relationship, mission accomplished on that front. Right, <laughs> um, you you also, you know, if you get a prospect out of it, then 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 great. Like you're you're basically gonna be able to measure that tangible ROI. But you know, the the credibility bump you get with your client base is immeasurable. Right, the the, I'll tell you, what the bigger ROI piece is to me has been, I get a prospect in and maybe they fit one of the niches of what it is I'm doing. So I've had a lot of tech entrepreneurs come in, I've had a lot of business owners come in and maybe they haven't discovered my podcast. But guess what? You have a podcast on that subject, instant validation That's in my eyes. I am someone who speaks their language, right? And then there's the intangible things like the public, the, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. The I think the FinTech podcast pays for itself probably in free licenses alone and other opportunities around speaking and, and consulting in that space. But I mean, what's the ROI in the early days when when some of these founders were taking you know suggestions on product improvement and making my practice better because they implemented it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I think you can't get caught up in the exact dollars and cents of it. And honestly, I think you know, the truth, the truth is, is that when you're the first mover in something like this, you can, you're the guy who catches the low hanging fruit of, of clients or, or new business, right? But what eventually becomes the early innovation becomes table sticks, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, to me, a website is table sticks, social media presence is table sticks, maybe podcasting eventually becomes table stakes. in which case, if you don't do those things, you're invalidating your authority in the, in the eyes of your clients and prospects. So it's really, really hard to put a number
0: on there. Well, really well said. I love it. Um, and because we'll talk to advisors sometimes too who, yeah, they're like, well, oh, I don't even know social media. I don't even really, I, my, my prospects aren't there. I don't need to be there. right? It's like, actually, no, one, first off, your, really prospects your prospects are there. Are yeah, which is like, I'm, I'm like, really? Oh, they don't use Facebook. I'm like, I'm telling you, they do use Facebook. Facebook is like this massive behemoth of a network. Yeah, but also, or, or they'll say, I don't need <laughs> clients or I only, only get referrals. But then I'm telling you, they look you up. They're going to look you up and they're going to see what they find oh. right
1: i mean i've had this conversation it's so it's it's in the podcast i've specifically had a couple of companies that are probably well known that produce websites for advisors and the number one the one number one resistance point they always get is i don't need a website or i haven't got any business off my website ever so i'm going to pay you and it's like there's surveys out there. I think you guys put out the survey, wasn't it? On what the first thing high net worth people do is yeah. they look up your website yeah. to see if you're there, right? Yeah. Or like Google you. So the reality is, without that, you, you don't know how much business you've lost because your website is crappy or doesn't exist, right? And right. I look at podcasting as just another proof point that when they look for Jason Pereira, they find my podcasts, right? right. Like these are That's the pretty cool things that are. Uh, very cool.
0: Yeah, do, do you notice this? because This is something. And going back to that research point, by the way, um, we we conducted a research study. It was like five hundred thousand or more in investable assets was the uh, in order to be considered affluent in this study. Um, and the under forty five crowd, how they would start their search for a financial advisor was I would pick up my phone and run a search. Like I would. I, that's how I would start. Not to mention though. In terms of secondary research, it was like 90 some odd percent of people in an all age category said that I would look you up at, at some point during the decision-making process. So even if I was referred by a CPA or, you know, an estate attorney or whatever it might be, at some point, I'm still going to run a research. I'm going to do some research on you because I can't, yeah. because it mitigates risk, right? It makes, it seems like I'm, I'm doing my due diligence. I love the table stakes conversation. So let's, let's, let's go back to, let's get back into podcasts a little bit here. And so we talked about, you know, sure. Hey, should we niche down? Um, Let me ask you this. What do you think about guests on podcasts? Is that something, and you're a guest on our podcast today, is that something that advisors should be doing?
1: I I believe fully that you should. In fact, the vast majority, actually FinTech Impact, I think is, with the exception of two episodes out of 130. And those two episodes, two or three episodes were me public speaking. So it was recording in my pub- of my public presentation. Um, they have all included guests. And I think that there's a number of reasons you do that. I think first off, I think it gets boring listening to one person yammer on for a long period of time. I mean, I say that, but one of the top rated podcasts in the world is a podcast called Hardcore History where this guy will literally do six hour episodes and you are riveted the entire time. Like well, it sounds my pretty hardcore, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's it it's always like it, it is hardcore, but it's it's honestly if you want to if you want to podcasting spot what's possible there go listen to that that's quite cool. what, what the rest of us who aren't gifted with such interesting topics as you know the raft of the cons specifically right <laughs> when we're talking about personal finance no one's gonna sit there and listen to me for six hours yammering around by myself nor should they because I wow that would be terrible. Um, the the but but what makes it more compelling is different viewpoints right uh it's different different experiences and bringing someone else in constantly is getting is giving another voice to that person giving not only that, to that person but that viewpoint and you're able to have a more collaborative discussion and it's it's interesting because sometimes people say well you know i want to be seen as the expert in this well it, just because you're asking questions doesn't invalidate the fact that you probably knew the answer in the first place right and oftentimes especially when I'm dealing with you know the business owner one I will ask very simple questions where I, then basically they will answer it, but be, but then the opportunity there is for engagement around that question you yeah. know they can tell from your conversation that you're not discovering that you're trying to lead them to a through a journey so I think the, the expansion of your horizons of viewpoint and conversation and just being more compelling, uh, you know, good guests are a must.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I like that. I think it gives you some variety. Um, and I think it's something that with Stephen and Kevin show, we want to do more of, we haven't done enough guests, um, expert guests. The other thing is is distribution, right? Like, I mean, now, I mean, we have a network, you have a network. You're a guest on our podcast. There's a chance that you might share it to some of your network of advisors who see it and they learn about Stephen and Kevin show. I mean, there's just, there's that as well, right? I mean, and that, that to me seems yeah. like a major benefit. So that is the number one factor that
1: correlates with how much distribution my, my, my podcast episode will get. It's just how big. I think he's the person because I've got my listenership. I've got the people who randomly discover me, but then they've got their following. And whether that following be friends and family or everybody who works at the company or you know the likes of The Times that I've interviewed, the likes of Michael Kitsis or Ron Carson, who have large followings, You know these people just putting it out on their newsletter or just, just re- resharing a tweet, yeah. you know, gets me access to their network, right? And so you can always see the ones who who promoted the most versus the ones who promoted the least. And the great thing, one of the great things about these is that these are like, it's like permanent media, right? It sits up there forever, right? So yeah. every now and then, when the marketing department says, we need to put something out there. You know what, that podcast from two years ago was really good. We should probably like re- re- re-put that out there and suddenly get a massive spike on something that basically hasn't been, has barely been heard in the last couple of years. So um, yeah, leveraging their networks is the way to build.
0: I like that, leveraging networks. Um, you made a, a really good point there too of like recycling content as well. Like once you create something, it's not like you put it out once and it's and it's gone, right? Like, I mean, I can, I can pull up the archives and keep sharing Episodes you right and you it's, it's something that you can you can constantly use Um, not to mention just the overall organic reach on social like if you were posting something I mean, you're gonna get a sm- see a, a small percentage of your followers are gonna see it So you need to post it multiple times So if I may you, you also want to magnify the number of media formats you
1: do that with right so um, Google does not search audio, but it will search transcripts, right? So you take your entire podcast um, your podcast audio have yep. it transcribed post it on your blog with the with the link to the audio and now people can discover it through searching of topics right Uh, YouTube believe it or not has become one of the fastest growing conduits for Distribution of podcasts, so wow. it's an audio format. So that may seem odd to most people, but what they'll do is a lot of podcast hosting services. What they'll do is they'll they'll upload a video with just the the, the logo or icon from that uh, from that specific episode plus the title, and they'll play the audio behind it. And a lot of people are choosing to, you know, consume media and uh, not just video but audio content on on YouTube. And that is where you know a lot of people are seeing some growth. I can
0: see that. I can see. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of music on YouTube. Right? Like, so to me, that seems like a a natural extension to also start listening to podcasts uh, on YouTube as well. Let's talk about equipment. So like that seems like a hurdle sometimes for advisors. It's, you know what? I, 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 I I like the concept. I'm going to do it. Uh, here's what I'm going to talk about. What, what should I buy? Like what, what kind of equipment yeah. do I need to invest in?
1: So um, basically you can spend a fortune on a lot of equipment or you can spend a little bit of money on stuff that's actually just as good. And kind of the gold standard in the podcasting world has become something called the uh, the Blue Yeti. So it's this, it's this, Good size microphone that mm-hmm. is specifically designed for computers and for uh, for I think probably podcasting in general, and it does a wonderful job. Right now, this is what you're hearing me on. Um, and then in addition to that, so that's that's, that's great for one on one conversations or conversations that are being recorded over Zoom or something else. But if you want to go to a multi person interview in person, you're going to need something better than that. So that will do an okay job. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a, recor- a recording uh, device called a Zoom, not the streaming company, but the a different one, uh, and this is one I actually got from uh, Tim Ferriss blog post that was recommended by see this used by a lot of podcasters. So it's a small handheld recorder that you can plug in multiple microphones up to four different microphones. And you can pick up, you know, additional microphones for 100 to 125 bucks a piece, right? And the zoom recorder is about 700. So we're not talking about spending 1000s of dollars here. Um, you know, I say when you get started, start simply with the, the blue yeti get something mm-hmm. called a pop filter, which is like the foam thing that goes over top of it, so that you know people's spit doesn't cause a popping noise.
0: Well, I mean, but like for you, you right it. now, like if you're if you're having to watch this on YouTube and you're watching the video component, you have a popper right there in front of you, right? Right there, there I do actually,
1: but yeah, so yeah. with the Very blue good. yeti, uh, I have this blue yeti arm, which is more expensive, but whatever. That's just me, uh, <laughs> me like in the pimp out my uh, my podcast right? The thing I tell people too is that you know even if you you do this and you find okay maybe I'm not going to be a great podcaster. You know, that investment in that equipment pays dividends in the business, right? We're, mm-hmm. all, we're all having virtual meetings constantly now. So, you know, just doing that, you know, listen to how clear I'm coming through right now. It would be nice if all your client calls came through this way, right? So you can use that for everything else you're gonna do, whether it be your client calls, or if you want to, maybe audio podcasting is not for you. Maybe you want to start doing video recordings or seminars or whatever through Zoom. Like, you're just gonna sound better.
0: Yeah, I love that. Just the the the, Multifaceted benefits of upgrading your audio right of like hey actually when i talk to clients they are going to hear me better i'm going to come across more professional and polished um same thing yeah. with, when we talk to advisors about doing video it's the same same conversation of like hey, actually you could hook up a lot of this to you know for your webex meetings like you can start doing webex and you can start looking really sharp and really clear and your clients will notice it um rather than you looking like you know you have camera coming up your nose and you know whatever Um.
1: yeah so i mean just i guess i just give it some thought when it comes to video i mean that's just my tip i mean um i think it was funny i was i took place i I took part in a um in a conference where one person had done that and you know their head basically felt like the bottom like
0: yeah, exactly, train. exactly.
1: And it's like, yeah. you know, like, you know, you're, you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you care about as, as financial advisors, we care about our presentation, we care about our appearance, like care about how you sound, how clear you sound and how, and how clear you're coming through in video.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree. What, what about the, um, when it comes to like delivery of this stuff, are you sure. a fan of write it all down and read it, but try and read it like you're not reading it? Uh, or, mm-hmm. or are you a fan of like, hey, I'm actually gonna go more off the cuff and I'm gonna ad lib. Like what, what what's, well, first off, yeah. give us your personal style. Like how do you do things? And then what do you, what would you say to an advisor?
1: So I'll just give you a quick backstory. I met someone who had a podcast that was apparently very popular and he bragged about it and I listened to it and I thought, this seems like the most, you know, not knocking, but it seemed very insincere. And it was because basically he was recording people they were recording themselves, answering questions that were written down, and then he would re-record them himself asking the question and then they intermix it. And And you could tell, and you could tell? You could tell, you could tell, right? And you could tell scripted too, right? Um, I think unless you're good at performing a script, maybe you shouldn't go that route. I mean, Mm. to me, I specifically wanted to keep this a discovery right so my personal style is i i prefer to shoot from the hip we'll have i have my standard couple of questions i start off with so the fintech one it's hey okay give me your elevator pitch on the company okay that's great now, now tell me about the origin like why does this thing exist right and tell me about the journey and then when we're done that then it becomes like let's talk about what you, we just learned let's talk about like what you're doing let's talk about the feedback and and you know you have to kind of have in the back of your head the what do I say next if I run out of new interesting questions, right? You have to have kind of a stock yeah. inventory list and that's a skill you're going to get better at, right? And then I wrap it up with a couple of, you know, make you think questions at the end that kind of make them take them away from that conversation and say, oh, wow. Okay. Like, oh, you know what? If there's one thing I changed in the industry, what would it be? Man, I, I think I would do this or, you know, what excites me the most of all of this, right? And, and just kind of wraps it up on a high note for everybody. But I, I really like the the natural organic flow like we're having right now. I think it's just far more sincere, and and the discovery is like I want people to hear me get excited when something excited that happened, right? Exciting gets said. But um, but I would also say that don't judge yourself. You're gonna learn this through through iteration, right? If you go back and listen to my very first podcast, and you go and listen to you know episode 100, it's night and day. It's utterly night and day. Like it takes a <laughs> while to get in your groove, and and you just you just can become more natural at it.
0: It's like the, it's the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, right? I'm going to get better over time. Um, but you know, I love that too. Like your first podcasts are not going to be your best podcast, like period, but you have to do them in order to get better at them. Um, I agree. Like it's, it's, we, we used to, I, I mean, I remember giving speeches a long time ago when I first started working for Matt, uh, and I would memorize an hour presentation. Like I, I would have it memorized in my head and I realized that. I think people could tell that i had it memorized like and also i would get totally thrown so you're, off you're as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah you know, it's it's the it's the authenticity that you want to come out right and it, and and if you it's hard to do that when it's just reading um when it's yeah. you know it feels very rehearsed you just want it to be to be natural and and i feel like yeah, okay, well, my I personal opinion points. i think the
1: I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, be wrong. I have bullet points of like, let's make sure I hit these targets, like these, these questions. Or yeah. I will ask them like, you know, in advance, if there's, is there anything you want me to specifically hit upon? Or is there anything you want me to stay away from for whatever reason, right? And yeah. more, 99% of the time it's no, let's let's just do this, right? But you know, it, at least, you know, you don't have to have, you have to have a framework. You don't have to have the, the plan down to the inch, right? Like, exactly. that's, that's, that's the difference.
0: Um, just getting one more kind of in, in, into the technical side of things. We talked about equipment for recording. What about for editing? Like, is that a big yeah. issue, big hurdle for advisors? What do you, what do you recommend there? It can be. So it's a, but you have two options. You can either do it yourself or you can contract out. So the do it yourself is
1: actually not that hard if you're willing to invest some time in it, right? There's, you know, the most commonly used, uh, is something called audacity. There's a couple of new ones on the market that are kind of interesting and very visual. Um, I don't have them in front of me, but I could post them to my website later. That's okay. But cool. there's there's a bunch of, if you look at if you look at a podcast editor, you will find all kinds of like like opinions on what you should be using, right? Um, some of them, like I said, are getting really good at letting you just kind of like, uh, there's one recently that will actually do a rough transcription of the podcast and then you can actually edit by the word, right? So you want to cut out from you know, a certain word to a certain word, you highlight those words and it cuts, the, it cuts out the audio, wow. right? So some really cool stuff out there. So you can do it yourself. Um, And then you have to add a beginning and end, your intro and outro uh, to it, which you just record once and use those over and over again, or you can outsource, right? So you can outsource the easiest thing to do. I mean, if you're not familiar with Fiverr or Upwork yet, like you're missing like your best friend for outsource work in the world, like the number of things you can get done for less than a hundred bucks in this world is insane. So you can, you can find one there or just start Googling uh, podcast outsource editor, right? And you know, there's... There's a bunch of them out there, um, you know, that basically will do it. I use one called Podcast Press. There's another podcast called Top Advisor Marketing. That they their job is really podcasting, marketing, editing. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, I've encouraged you guys to get into this. Uh, <laughs> but the we point is, about, is that yeah. there's. A lot of talked about it but like the point is is that there's a lot of resources out there that just find them with google right and and you know a, a shop around so we we shopped around we found one that they do is i finish the recording i load the recording to dropbox a week later it comes back ready packaged ready to go and I'm doing awesome. that for like a, less than 100 bucks
0: per episode yeah that oh that's oh that's that's dirt cheap i mean when you think yeah. about you know, do you want to be futzing around with this? Like how much time and energy? I mean, I, I could see that being a black hole for some, some advisors is, uh, I'm just spending so much time editing and it has to be so perfect as opposed to, you know what, I, yeah. just, I need to focus my energies on getting these done because the consistency is important too, right? I mean, how frequently yeah. do you put out your podcasts and is yeah. that hard to maintain? Whatever you know, I'm assuming it's, it's pretty frequent. It's some beast of burden, right? Like, so you have to be organized. So um, basically, I would
1: say when you're starting off, the number one tip I can give you is people are gonna discover your podcast. You want them to discover more than one because they want to consume in bulk. So yes, you're gonna always have the first, but I would suggest like when I did mine, it was, I think it was five or six weeks where I released two episodes per week. So I actually had recorded for three months prior uh, to basically build up an inventory and have a bit of a lead time. So I wasn't scrambling every week to try to find my next guest, right? I mean, even right now, uh, I mean, I'm in a fortunate position with FinTech Impact, where it's well known enough, and and with COVID, everybody wants to suddenly say it wants to do video meetings. That essentially, I kid you not, I'm booking into February now. So wow. I am I am well in advance. My other podcast, which is newer, I'm about a month in advance. Okay. So get on top of it, get organized, have stuff in the can, so you're not under pressure to hit a deadline, right? Um, and it, it ebbs and flows, but I would say that you need to be consistent because you know, especially with you know, unless you're unless you're the likes of Dan Carlin who does hardcore his. It was so compelling that he could put one out every three months or where my buddy Breton Campo has got like 50,000 listeners and can do whatever he damn well pleases. Um, you wanna stay consistent because like everything else, there's competition for attention, right? And if mm-hmm. they don't hear from you for every, 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 every now and then, they're like, oh, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. What should I get rid of? Well, I'll listen to this one in a while, scratch, gone, right? So I, I commit to at least a weekly schedule. There have been some gaps for vacations in the past, but sure. in general, um, no, just I would say start when you start early, Do it frequently, you can pare it down later, but you need to be consistent because if not, people are just gonna move on to something else.
0: Yeah. I like your point too of like when you first launch it to have a couple of episodes in there because people binge listen to these things. So I listen to one and then if it intrigues me, I might listen to another and I want another. Like I, it's almost like I expect it. Like I almost feel like weird if you don't have another one for me to listen to. Um,
1: Well, I I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I remember I reached out to you guys um, about something in one of your podcasts after I discovered it, I think you were like, I can't remember any episodes you were in, probably around 40 or 50. And I told you that I caught up on all of them because I listened at three and a half times speed. Oh, <laughs> you that's were just funny. like, oh, wow.
0: Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> right. like, oh, well, how long did it take you to get through all? Like, oh, a week, right? Really? <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's, I mean, that's it. And I, I read a stat, and I don't even know where it's from, but it's like the average podcast has like three to six episodes, and then they're like done. Like they never do it again. So yeah, you have that, to be patient with this stuff. I mean, it's not like you're gonna record a couple episodes and you should expect that you're gonna have prospects reaching out to you or you're gonna expect a big impact in your client base. Like it's gonna be, it's 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 that marathon. I mean, it's that, you know, I'm gonna do it consistently. I'm gonna always, you know, I'm gonna keep putting it out there. I'm gonna drip on people over time. So
1: let's level set on that. And let's talk about what that looks like. And I've heard people say, like, oh, I did this. And, you know, I had, like, 40 people listen. I'm like, 40 is actually not bad for your first episode. Like, let's be (laughs) honest. It's going to take you time to find an audience, right? Like I said, a million active podcasts out there, right? At first, let's face it. It's going to be friends and family. Like, that's going to be it. And and clients. And people who bother to listen, subscribe, and review, right? Like, that's going to be it. But, you know, you're not going to, you're not... You know, I don't know what Malcolm Gladwell got in his first week, but I'm willing to bet that he had some very high numbers. You're not gonna get that. You don't have that presence so <laughs> yeah. so basically, you know, level set. The reality is, is that success in in podcasting for the upper echelon is measured in millions of downloads, if not hundreds of thousands of downloads, right? In in our small hobbyist space, it's measured in hundreds to thousands. That's it legitimately. And it's going to take time to get there. And uh, one of my first guests, he actually, a previous company in, in FinTech or pre FinTech was actually a podcast services company. So he gave me a little bit of coaching on this. And he said, like, you know what? It, yeah. He goes, I told him I got like 55 on my first step. He goes, No, that's pretty good. Keep it going. And he said, it's, it's a very linear path. It's not like you're going to see this massive, you get spikes, but it's not like you're going to hit this like hockey stick of growth. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just like to say, depending on the time of year and the guest. You know, a, a decent episode for me is measured in, you know, low, in high hundreds to low single thousands. Right. It just depends.
0: Right. No, it's good. I like that. There's no kind of cataclysmic event where you're like, oh, we did yeah. that podcast and it blew up. I mean, it's just, it's just consistency over time and not getting and, and too wrapped up in
1: all the audience right like you know if you were to launch a podcast specifically for targeting let's call it uh you know financial planning for farmers in north carolina right like that audience is only so big right like so <laughs> let's an expectation like when i say i'm like i rank within the top three almost everywhere in fintech right like fintech is not that big a podcast niche quite honestly right like the the number one guys they beat me but like they're, they're consistently in the tens of thousands, right? And mm-hmm. there's, there's guys I consistently that are in the hundreds. So not hundreds, but hundreds of thousands, but hundreds. So understand that the smaller your niche, the smaller your target audience.
0: Yeah. But I, I like that example too, of like farmers in North Carolina, financial planning for farmers in North Carolina. But when that farmer finds that podcast, they go, oh my gosh, like, this is what I've been You're waiting for. my language. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Um. I really, I really appreciate your time today. I feel feel like you shared a lot of valuable, invaluable insights here, um, about podcasting, how to get started. Um, again, I, want to just remind everybody who's, who's listening, Jason it's P E R E I R A. That's how you spell his last name. And then check out FinTech impact podcast and financial planning for Canadian business owners, um, as well, two really fantastic podcasts. I want to end today with a question. I want to ask you just on a personal note. What is your, your per, just personally? What is your favorite podcast? Like, not, it doesn't have to be related to you know uh, finance or anything like that. I mean, just just what's your favorite one to listen to?
1: Oh man, am I allowed more than one on the subject matter?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just if you had to boil it down to one that you you could not live without. I mean, oh, boy, you could, yeah. but.
1: Well, I can live with that. I can, I can find, like, I, I, you're asking me to, you're know, not quite my children, but, you know, there's a lot of things I love here. So uh, I will, I will say that the one that I, when it hits my inbox, I stop everything and listen to it. I've already mentioned it is Hardcore History. That, that, cool. That podcast is typically ranked amongst one of the top in the world, and it is riveting, utterly riveting start to finish. Um, it is, is a performance masterpiece.
0: Six hours long, but still riveting. Depends on the episode.
1: Depends on the episode. And, and <laughs> yeah. this will blow your mind. Six hours will be like part four of a six-part series.
0: No way! No way! That's yeah. that's fantastic.
1: 89. Yeah.
0: Well, well hey, hey, thanks again uh, for joining us today. And uh, and again, everyone, check out check out Jason's podcast. Check, check out JasonPereira.ca. And uh, thanks for joining us.